Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast, where we discuss films from every genre. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Today we are discussing The Legend of Zelda, episodes 7 through 9. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, go ahead and listen to those. The first episode we are going to discuss is episode 7, Doppelganger, written by Bob and Eve Forward. Mm. So Have we had Eve Forward on here before? No, Bob has done most of it in the beginning. It was kind of like Bob traded off, but now Bob's done most of it. And I don't know if this is a wife or a sister, but I believe the next episode is Bob, or the one after that, I don't remember. Or maybe it's a couple episodes. I don't remember. We'll get to it. But it's Marsha, Bob and Marsha forward. So can't both be wives as far as I know. Interesting. Um, legally. Interesting. Uh, Bob Ford is on quite a lot of these. So yeah. So did you notice Link uh, whistling the Mario theme song? I was like half paying attention to what he was yeah. whistling. I think I was typing down notes at that point. Wink, wink. He's whistling the Mario theme song. I thought that was kind of weird. That's great. Just like the opening, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, we get a new kind of object, or we learn of something called a force field ring. Yeah, um, okay. This is not something that is in the game, I don't think. There are items that are used in later games that can be used as a force field, but I don't know if there's a ring in the original game. Then again, I haven't played through the entirety of the original game, so. So I thought that was kind of interesting addition. Right. I also thought it was interesting how the Moblin was climbing the tower. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Perfect sticky spider like, hands. Right. And it's just like, are there no other guards except Link in Hyrule Castle? Exactly. I've asked this question before. And you know what? Honestly, I'm tired of asking that question because <laughs> I've come to the point now that and I should probably should have been here earlier, but I've come to the point now where it's just like the more questions I ask about the logistics of the castle, the more I'm going to find out that I'm wrong because <laughs> the next episode is going to be completely different. Yeah, they really don't take the time to make sense. It's just a situation. Whatever you see in the opening of like the theme song, essentially with air quotes, whatever it is, the opening narration yeah that's what you get this idea of a doppelganger we get an evil zelda that kind of comes out of this mirror and i think the mirror looks cool we do see later on in the video games doppelgangers we we have an evil dark link don't we yeah we have dark link um who is in Luzero 2 was when he first showed up okay and then of course you have ocarina of time which is also legendary and yeah i think there's like one or two more somewhere twilight princess maybe well, there's like there are like four figures of Link that show up in the in a dream sequence, uh, but you never do fight him. Like fight Dark Link. That's yeah, that's about it for that one. But we've never gotten a Zelda doppelganger. Uh, this is the only time. Yeah, technically, in Twilight Princess, she does get controlled by Ganon, but never like cloned. Even though this is like a cliche idea, I do think it's kind of a fun idea. Yeah, um, just switching it up a little bit kind of creates a little bit of confusion and and contrast and it's like she's chasing herself and something that doesn't make sense though is when they go after zelda why does link bring the triforce along i know that she asks him to do that but i don't i don't know <laughs> he brings it along with him for just because well he doesn't question it. it i don't know i just didn't get it it's just like 
okay, yeah. you're doing it. And Why? Like, maybe <sighs> my guess is maybe it's used to show that the doppelganger Zelda is not the actual Zelda, even though you surely know that because she has different clothes on. Right. I thought it was cool that she, the evil Zelda didn't have a reflection because that kind of made me think of um, vampires, kind of that right. lore, like vampires don't have a reflection in a mirror. She doesn't in the water. Um, I kind of thought right, that yeah. was a nice touch. Yeah, I got thought it was kind of cool too because, you know, she's the reflection of the mirror, you know, she doesn't have, doesn't have a reflection or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, I thought it was interesting. At first I was like, that's kind of stupid. But then I thought about it. Like, no, actually, that, that, that's going to work. That yeah, actually makes works. Sense. Yeah. Like one of the yeah. one things that makes sense in this entire show. Yeah, right. <laughs> one thing that doesn't make sense, though, is that when the doppelganger Zelda first shows up, the first thing she does after Link essentially saves her um, is she gives him a kiss. And I just want to know how she knew how to how to give him a kiss, because he never asked yeah. for it. She just kind of she just kind of does it, you know. I I kind of had that in my notes also. I was like, so that she like imitates Zelda, but she knows to do the opposite of what the other Zelda would do. I guess since she's the right. evil doppelganger, um, I was like, I don't really know why how she would have those kind of like memories and like will to do this type of stuff but like right. she only has like this kind of like mind with a homing beacon to like always do ganon's wishes and go towards him so that was right. a little confusing why she did that and acts that way but i i guess it kind of makes sense a little bit right. um, something that doesn't make sense is when zelda uses the boomerang to cut her ropes yeah <laughs> yeah i thought that exact same thing too like for one where did she get the boomerang she can't. She had weapons in the past episodes too, so I'll, I'll give it a pass on that. But yeah, the boomerang to cut the ropes. Uh, yeah. No. Well, something I do like is when they get kind of in Ganon's castle area. I've always liked it in the old animations where you just see like these like huge spires and staircases yeah. going everywhere, and it looks like super confusing and ginormous, and it really makes me curious, and I want to like go explore those places and look more and i think if the animation was a little better then i would enjoy it even oh. more yeah but i totally agree it looks it's really it looks nice it looks cool so yeah and what's also interesting is that in these and the three episodes we're talking about we spend a lot of time in the underworld we do most most of the whole time yeah we do get to explore more of what's down there i don't know if it's all canon to the show because every episode seems to be its own episode right. but yeah it's interesting whenever we go down there especially in the i think the third episode when the we'll get there but in the third episode is when we really explore it sure and it's kind of funny because like the adult me kind of thinks like how long did it take to build this castle like and who mm -hmm. built it like his incompetent people and i remember right. in a previous episode there was like these like tapestries and like Ganon is not decorating and I don't know it's just like this huge yeah. cavernous space and everything's like I just don't get the dimensions of it like I just kind of want to like just like get lost in the fantasy world but then part of me is like well okay this I don't know it just doesn't add up <laughs> yeah no I totally agree with you I totally agree with you there's the animation is is such a way that it's 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 hard to get into essentially mm -hmm. because you're looking at a lot of animation it's like oh it looks kind of cool but then it doesn't show it doesn't do anything with it you know like okay for instance when uh when link saves zelda and they like are going through all those chasms and a bunch of like long bridges that connect to different pieces of the cat of the chasm you know or of the underworld 
and there, there's a lot of exploration that you can do there, but they don't show very much of it right. because the animation is just cheap. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Very much so. And these episodes are very short. So, mm-hmm. and that's the. I mean, I do like that we get these little nuggets of kind of really interesting or cool things, but we just don't get much of it at all. It's very small. yeah, yeah, and. Also talking about the cheap animation, there was one big goof that I saw is when Link and Zelda fall down off of one of the ledges mm-hmm. and they land, Zelda gets back up. Well, no, Link uses the, the ring yeah. with the force field, which I've noticed from the last episode <laughs> that we pick up some random item and it's used at the very end of the episode or sometime in the episode to do one thing only. Yes, um very. And so when he uses the, the ring... He's the force with and he saves him, and Zelda gets up, and she says, don't ever do that again, or whatever. But she's dressed as the doppelganger Zelda. Oh, really? I missed that. Yeah. I saw that. It was a split second, and I saw oh. it. I was like, that, what? And so I went back, and I was like, yeah, it, and it was true. Oh, when she stands up, it does a like a medium shot, and she's like, don't ever do that again, or whatever. And then it does a wide shot, and she's in that medium shot, she has the doppelganger Zelda costume oh. on. That's crazy. I do like this fight, though. I think this episode is fast-paced. And yeah, it is. the fight, like, with the Octoroks, and they're, like, just jumping off these ledges without a care, and it's just kind of, like, you know, really frenzied and everything. I thought right. it was exciting. I thought it was fun. Like, as exciting as this show can be. Right, yeah. So I at least like how it was moving along and kind of fun like that. Right. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. There, I think these 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 three episodes definitely have a bigger sense of adventure. And I mean, we we'll talk about that more when we get to the different episodes. But that's something I'm trying to pick up on in episode seven here is that there's we're doing some more exploration of the world, whether or not it's a good exploration is one that we could probably debate about. But at least it's we're not stuck inside of just just Hyrule Castle, right? Or or going back and forth with smaller scenes between Hyrule Castle and the underworld. We pick a place. And then we like we kind of stick to that, you know, for the meat of the episode. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like nothing really of significance happens in this episode. But yeah, that seems to be a common theme, though. It's a common theme. I thought this episode was pretty fun and quick, right. and I felt like it wasn't bogged down with too much unnecessary silly stuff. And like the chase and the action scenes made it fun for me. So this is one of the episodes I actually enjoyed. And I probably will actually return to this series in like 10 years when I have children or something. Right. Um, this is right. one that I'll look forward to. And I also thought it was kind of interesting. I counted. Usually I, whenever they say, oh, excuse yep. me, princess, the catchphrase, I'll write it down. I counted four this episode. Usually it's just maybe one, sometimes two. There are even episodes I don't have any at all. This one had four. Yeah. So I guess that kind of evens out the ones that didn't have it. Right. And the, the Triforce also um, raises them up out of there, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, maybe it's, like, drawn towards the light or the surface or something, but it did make me think right. of the video games, especially Ocarina of Time. When you complete a dungeon, you step into the light and it transports you back. So that's what it right. it really looked like that. I think that's more of Zelda, because whenever she's around the Triforce of Wisdom or if they're traveling with it, it's always floating. But when the doppelganger is Zelda and Link were traveling, Link was, like, holding on to it, you know? And he was like, this is really heavy. So at first I was like, that's kind of stupid that they're writing the Triforce of Wisdom, you know. But I was sure. like, well, actually, I guess it makes sense because, you know, Zelda's there and stuff. And he's like, okay, that makes sense. It kind of goes to show the difference between the underworld and Hyrule, you know, because there's just a hole that opens up and they just fly through. 
Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, could you just dig a hole to the underworld? But whatever, <laughs> I guess there are entrances out all over the place or something. Sure. Once again, I'm not going to get into the logistics. It's just too much pain to go through that. So how many rupees would you buy this episode for? Mm, I don't know, probably 50. 50? I can, yeah, you know, it's it's fine. Yeah. There's nothing too much. There's there's not much to it. It's just fun. Yeah. That's really about it. At least it's better than the pre some of the previous episodes. I'll give it that. Maybe I'm just saying that because I'm starting to get used to the show now. That's actually probably what I'm thinking. Like if I was to show somebody this episode and then show them like oh, an earlier episode, they probably like this one better. But yeah, probably fifty. That's about as far as I go with it. Though it's nothing special. Sure. Since it was fast paced and like everything got to the point quickly and didn't just like take its time i really enjoyed this episode i thought it was pretty fun of course there's issues with it but i would buy it for eight thousand rupees eight thousand holy cow <laughs> you can't even gift eight thousand in most of the games <laughs> it, it was a pretty good one but the next episode <laughs> we are discussing is episode eight underworld connections and this one is just written by bob forward and we get mm-hmm. kind of a, we jump right into the action with Link tightrope walking and Zelda's like, I'm just going to let you fall off this tightrope by throwing water in your face. But then she's like, oh, wait, I want to kiss. And then uh, we get something really weird that happens with these things called vires, these like goofy baby demon gargoyles. They want to blow the Triforce up. Yeah. Like, What? That that really confused me. And at first, I was like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Because the only thing Ganon wants to do is get the Triforce. But of course, once they blow it up, it throws them the three shards. How they knew they, that that would happen is beyond me. Yeah. But it did. Well, the Triforce blows up into three pieces. And I was like, yes. okay, I guess. And I know, I was just like, what would even give them that thought that it wouldn't, like, destroy it? I... I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess I can understand that it wouldn't be destroyed because it's made from the gods or whatever, you know? Yeah. But this, when the Triforce Shard is being split, it does happen in the Mm. game. Uh, Also, the original Zelda game, that was the whole purpose, was to find how many pieces of the Triforce that exists, you know? I think it was like five or six. Um, And Mm. you get them all together. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense why they do this. It's kind of silly that they bring it up like this, but, I mean, what do you expect? It's the Legends out of the TV series. Yeah. Something I do like uh, that they represent in this show is that Zelda, even though, yes, in a lot of episodes she is captured, she always seems capable in some way. Yeah. And she doesn't, like, necessarily need Link to rescue her. Right. And right here we get Zelda actually rescuing Link. Right. Um, she's just like so fearless. She dives right off, grabs the rope, and saves him. And that's something I really like because all of the video games you clearly play as Link, and your goal is to reach Zelda and save her, or do something with her. Right. And I this kind of like actually makes me want to have like a video game where you play as Zelda, and you're not necessarily just like a princess like the whole game though. You know what I mean? Right. They actually have one. Two, actually, if I'm correct. Okay. They are licensed by Nintendo. And they were made for a system called the Philips CDI, one of the worst video game systems ever made. It was a huge failure, which is probably why most people haven't heard of it. Nintendo had a deal with Philips when they developed their CDI 
to develop, I think he was a, I can't remember how many Mario games. I think it was like one or two Mario games and three Zelda games. And so, yeah, there I forget the names of them right at the moment, but they do exist. And I think one and or two of them have Zelda as the main character. They are really bad. You should never play them. But it is, it is kind of interesting to know that that is a part of the Zelda lore is that yeah. you do play as Princess Zelda. And I guess technically in the Spirit Tracks, you play it as her, you play as her too in some points. I don't remember that. In Spirit Track, she kind of overtakes a phantom in the in like the central mm-hmm. hub of the game, um, where okay. you go back to return where you return to, and you can control that. You can like move her through like the maze of stuff. Um, and I think if I remember right, it's also in the final boss. You can also help. You can also control her. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I want a game kind of like what we have now. Yeah. With an actual um, good one. Yeah, like something we have now, like in the vein of what was just recently released, but it's actually Zelda. Right. And maybe Link can play some kind of role. I don't know, but I'd like to see one about Zelda. I don't know. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, that would this be interesting. show actually kind of got me excited right. for it. And I guess if you want to count Hyrule Warriors as canon, yeah, you mm. play Zelda in that one too, but that's not... Mm. It's it's kind of on this, it's kind of in the same vein as the Philips CDI games. Not not nearly as bad, but just it's not technically canon. It's just a side game, kind of like Link's right. crossbow training. It's just a game. It's a side game, you know. I'm I'm struggling in this episode right okay. now. We're halfway through the episode, and in my notes, I have crap. Only halfway through episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just frustrated because I was like, okay, like we're eight episodes in and i'm like literally every episode is about stealing the triforce this is why the show got can't like canceled because they had no ideas i mean they just kind of like it's the same exact formula dressed up differently oh, and yeah. i'm like i've seen this like so many times already i yeah. get it we get it like do something else it doesn't have to be about stealing the triforce there's right. other adventures to do clearly the game shows that and granted this is like coming out like after the first game, but still right. they could have been a little more ingenuitive with their ideas. Right. So I'm not digging this episode. And I've, every time I point out maybe something that may have happened later in the games, like there are little nuggets I think that are in the show that may or may not be influences on the other games, you know, but they, I don't, you're right. There, there's not, there, there's a big formula here for every episode it goes the exact same way with the exact same climaxes and all this kind of stuff and it kind of gets now that it's episode eight like we were talking beforehand before we started the podcast that there's nothing much in these three episodes to talk about it's just the same thing over and over again right and i do like now that we the triforce is split up into three pieces you know and now that link has to go find two of them that are in the underworld somewhere you know that sure that does give a big a a big and good sense of adventure, but at the same time, it's just going to end the same way. There's You already know Ganon's not going to get the Triforce of Wisdom. So what's the point? <laughs> yeah, of course. And yeah, these locations are fine. They're incredibly boring. If I'm going to compare them to anything that the listeners might be, that might know, um, kind of like the fiery one, kind of remind me of uh, Dodongo's Cavern. Yeah. And maybe the water areas or a place or something. I didn't get too far in Ocarina of Time, but there is the fire temple that is a bit more reminiscent of that. Okay. Yeah. So 
Yeah, the locations are just so plain. And I did like that we got this kind of like underwater dragon, unicorn, seahorse thing. Yeah. That was kind of a cool creature design. I'm glad they did that. Because in the last episode, when they fell in that like muddy water at the end, I felt there should have been a creature. Right. Uh, But I was like, oh, that's a missed opportunity. But they made up for it here. But with the fire, there was another stupid mummy. Fat, stupid mummy that they got rid of. And of course, it's like, oh, Ganon's about to get it. And the fire surfing was kind of cool. So so that's basically the highlights of the latter half of this episode. But we could go like, I could go because I like my notes are in depth and we could talk in depth. But I just don't really see the point of discussing the little nuances. We've done that in previous episodes. If you want some of the nuances with that, go back and listen to those. But this is just like, pretty much the same thing we've already discussed right so and we don't want to waste your time by like kind of retreading some of that territory right i mean if you listen to the past podcast up until now if we were to go in depth we would just be going in depth with the same ideas once again it's just like i have a lot of notes here too and like one of my questions is how big is the underworld but I have already asked that, you know, how big is the underworld <laughs> before, not in this podcast, but before in an earlier podcast. It's just, it's honestly just not even worth going through it again because they're the exact same questions. Okay, so what, how many rupees would you buy this episode for? Probably a thousand. I mean, oh my gosh. the biggest thing for me is that it does give a good sense of adventure. In the show's vein, of course. It's not a great sense of adventure, but at least it gets something. And I like that we're getting more into that. I see. I felt more that way about the last one and this one. I just didn't like it at all. So I I would buy it for five movies. <laughs> oh boy! So the final episode for this podcast is episode nine, "Stinging a Stinger" by Bob Forward again. Again, we need some new writers because Bob writes all of them. You don't got any new ideas. I have no idea how he even got this job. Maybe he's written better things. Maybe, but... Maybe he was cheap. Maybe he was cheap. Bob Forward will do it for us. (laughs) (laughs) That man. So, I believe this is the first episode... Well, the first episode since the technically the first episode. That probably sounds confusing. Since we've seen, like, these humanoid people. Right. Normally, it's always creatures. In episode one, there was, like, some villagers. In this one, we get, like, a disgusting-looking elf like yeah. thing and some i don't know some kind of ogre stuff i don't know they look weird They're, they look terrible terrible character designs i hate them you're right and i know that there is like a haggler in the game but he looks more like a moblin like <laughs> a regular moblin just with a different palette color palette on him okay. so yeah. there's also an old man but that's not the old man the game that gives you the sword whatever yeah this guy i think this guy is completely made up for the show well i I hope we never see him again, ever. Sleaze Nose is his name. Sleaze yeah. Nose. Gosh, really? How stupid. Horrible name. Clearly he's a sleazy person and he's got a crazy nose. So I'm already hating this episode and I want to know when it's over. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> There's The opening of this episode, I was like, my mind's really kind of going nuts. And I was just like, oh, next thing you know, Link's going to be slaughtering the three guys that are trying to attack essentially the, the haggler, <laughs> but of course this is the kid show he couldn't even stab him with the sword of course you know tv this is well, tv why you know <laughs> well did you see the setup like at first i was like oh this guy actually like for the 
first like two seconds, I'm like, this guy is getting robbed, and then there was a con the whole time. So yeah. They must have heard of Link, and they know he has like this super awesome beam sword. Right. So they try and trick him into this Arabian sword. I'm like, Link, why are you the stupidest person ever? Yeah, you're right. And before we know it, Zelda is being chased by um, flying eyeballs, bug eyes. Out of nowhere. Yeah, real clever bug eyes. <laughs> Uh, it's just so cheesy, but when they, like, get Link or something because of swords breaks, then she swats them away, and they have, like, no desire to, like, destroy them or incapacitate both of them. They just, like, fly overhead. And... It's just, it's dumb. It's, it's just the whole thing. It's it's dumb. Like, we could probably sit here and just rant about it for hours, but that that's just the bottom line. It's just stupid. <laughs> this episode is horribly stupid, and yeah. the thing that we've talked about before is, like, how much they, like, will set up kind of a rule and then break it and that's like kind of loose loose i'm saying that loosely in this episode we see ganon teleport into the overworld or whatever Mm -hmm. and i was like wait a minute in the other episodes he needed a flying unicorn he needed foot soldiers to carry him and in the end of this he also needs people carrying him why is he teleporting into this world and in the episode seven we see him teleport as much as he wants in the underworld which makes sense and technically fly or hover but i was like okay you're breaking the rules you can just anybody can do whatever they want we get it right yeah like i said it's just not even worth trying to go over the logistics of the show because it can set things up in one episode and and break all the rules in the next episode yeah it's not i think the only one thing i liked in this episode is when they're about to get fed to that thing or whatever, and Link is like, how about a kiss for an early dessert? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that was well played, Link. Good, yeah, good job. he tried, and <laughs> but we already know that it's not going to happen, so... <laughs> okay, isn't Goma... That sounds really familiar. Yes, that is the first boss you fight in Ocarina of Time. The, the boss makes <sighs> a comeback in different forms. She's also in, I think, Twilight Princess. It's more of a spider-like creature. Um, yeah, she shows up every once in a while. Well, and this Goma creature with the eye made me think of, and I guess I was right, Goma in Ocarina yes. of Time with the eye also. Yes. I'm. It might be a boss in the original game. I can't remember. I, and if it is, it probably looks something like it does in the show. Well, I think this is a lame creature design. It's not remotely scary. It's very plain and boring. And like nobody gave any thought to it. She's definitely been updated. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want, because they're like, hey, give them this, like, thing where it's got, like, bees in it. They're going to fling bees at them. I just wanted to see that happen, but, of course, this animation is terrible, and we don't ever get anything satisfying. Yeah, you're right. And I was always wondering, what were the bees about? Why were we we messing around with bees so much in this this episode? Well, the Triforce says you can't use magic, so you have to use natural means. Right. And I was like, oh, gee, thanks. That's stupid. And they're like... Oh, so by natural weapons you mean bugs? Yeah. I was like, when I first heard that, I was what? like, is that a joke? Are they, is it like, is like, is this actually a joke? And then it turns out it actually wasn't. I was like, are you serious? Well, I thought they meant like swords or something because I was like, that's made out of natural elements. Yeah. This, everything about this from it's just so stupid, and I was so frustrated with it, and I was kind of shocked when Zelda is, tells Link, "I hate bad puns," and I'm like yes that's yes absolutely but it's like are you kidding me because it's like the writer's dissing on his own writing or something yeah it, is the show <laughs> starting to break the fourth wall is that what's happening you know 
maybe the show was just writing it out and didn't uh, didn't realize how how funny it was or something. And I really wanted to see uh, Slee's nose get like eaten alive by that ant ant box, you know. Yeah. Kind of like an Indiana Jones yeah, you know, crystal yeah. skull and the ant swarm that guy. I really wanted that for this because I hate Slee's nose. It's so lame. It's like a, they drew like a little dotted line up his face and he like runs away. And, and the sound effects were really weird. They were. Uh, I just, I can't think about this anymore. One thing I actually did like in this episode was Ganon was actually on his way to attack Hyrule Castle. Because he had Zelda and Link, and they were trapped in the underworld and everything. He was headed to the Cairo Castle. It was like, oh, crap, you know, hey, some actually adventure. Kind of like that one time when he sank the entirety of the Hy- of the castle to the underworld. That was, it was one of those things where it's just kind of, with that one at least, it was just, like, insane. But this one's like, okay, it's actually kind of plausible. And so when they were setting everything up, that final scene, I was like, wow, it's kind of interesting that, you know, they're stopping getting from attacking Hyrule Castle, but they're not using the items that are in the game. They're just, you're using the things around them. You know, that was kind of interesting. One thing I thought was really strange was the montage before that, the climax. The music was weird. It was edited very strange and I couldn't put my finger on it, but it's just, it was weird. I really didn't like it. I think this is the worst episode I've seen so far. These are my closing thoughts on this episode. Okay. I hate it. Okay, your turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I th- I this episode's unwatchable personally. Yeah, probably because of Sleeve's nose. Is my guess. Yes. Is that right? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I I agree. Sleeve's nose to a certain point. Okay, when they break out of the underworld, that's when Sleeve's nose should have ran off, and he shouldn't have been in the rest of the episode. But he was for no reason at all. He just decided to come. He decided to stay. And then yeah, that whole thing at the end, it just didn't make any sense with him getting the, the bees, or the, sorry, the ants. And yeah, no, this episode, not the greatest one. I wouldn't say it's the worst. What it does is it strips away everything that Link has and Zelda have had, and it makes him kind of rely on their own wits. But with that being said, we've done that before. So, I mean, there's not much new here, except the fact that they're not ha- they're not able to use any of the items that normally they would be able to use. So that was kind of interesting, but Sleeve's nose is here. I didn't necessarily like this one either. Seems that you have a, a bit more harsher thoughts on it than I do. Yes, I do. It was horrible. We also end with them laughing at in the castle and it zooms out and it's all like happy and stuff. That was what I was like, uh that actually got me. How many rupees would you buy this for? Two. Two? Yeah, two. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad you didn't say something higher than that because I would have been really shocked. <laughs> yeah, no, two is about it. It the only redeeming quality is the fact that it strips everything away from the Zelda. And they have to rely yeah. on their own wits. That's the only redeemable thing in this episode. That's it. I didn't even care. I I can't buy it. Zero rupees. Zero rupees. <laughs> I cannot buy this episode. I would never watch it again. It's a horrible waste of time. And it's an atrocity to children's animation and animation in general. It's definitely one of the worst. I'll say that. You can find a plethora of old animated cartoons that are just downright bad. And this belongs with them. I'm talking like old as in like 90s and 80s. Right. Which is, this came out in 89. Right. So around here, it's totally around that caliber and just kind of animation you would never watch. Or maybe you watched as a kid and you're like, oh, okay. and But then you realize it's actually bad or you're not even caring for it as a kid. So I, this episode was just so, so poorly done. Right. Yeah, it wasn't that good. I think the first one in this series, episode seven, I think had the most animation goofs that I would see, that I remember seeing. 
this one was just the storyline this one was just freaking weird i didn't like it either so thank you listeners for bearing with us (laughs) through at least this last episode there's some decent ones in here that are worth watching like especially if you are a fan of the series of video games or you have small children this could could provide some kind of like quick fun uh, wholesome entertainment right. nothing too scary or dark sorry we didn't get too deep into it like we said before there's just there's not much to talk about anymore like we've reached the point where it's, there's nothing there really is nothing new which is yeah. a stretch so we want to say thank you again and make sure to stick with us because we have one entry left in the series we will will be reviewing the final four episodes that's not going to be like some big hour and a half podcast and where we're just really going to dissect the series. We're going to wrap it up and we're going to have fun doing it and see if the series kind of goes out on a high note. I'm really hoping it goes out on a really awesome high note, but these episodes really don't give me a lot of hope. The series is not ascending. Honestly, it seems to be descending. That's my view of it. So until next time, go play your favorite Zelda game and kind of get this taste out of your mouth of this episode nine which thank the lord is just not anywhere near what the video games are right yeah go play some breath of the wild it's worth it so until next time listeners it's now okay there are items that are used in later games that that was a motorcycle I'm not apologizing.